0: Welcome to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. This week, we're going to talk to somebody who's got a really incredible, and I'll be honest with you, somewhat a very disturbing story. And it is about Charlotte's story. And you're going to like Charlotte right away, you're going to like her because of her honesty. You're going to like Charlotte because of what she struggles with. And uh, she's just a likable person. And you can hear this come through. But her story worries me because of the level of the drinking. And we talk about it in detail. And she's so honest. And she does this because she wants to help other people. And she does it. I honestly believe she was so open with us because she wants... It's therapeutic for her to talk about these things. So let's jump into it without further talking and introduction from me. Here is my conversation with Charlotte. I'm on the phone with Charlotte, and uh, Charlotte listens to our show. Charlotte is an educated professional. Uh, Charlotte has a job and a house and a car and a dog and what appears to everybody to be a, a great life. And it is, I'm sure, a great life. But Mm -hmm. Charlotte, let's talk for a little bit about what people don't know about you and your issues with drinking.
1: All right. Yeah. Um, I pretty much drink until the time I get up until the time I go to bed. So in that, I actually get up in the middle of the night to drink so that I don't get the shakes. When I get up in the morning, I when my alarm goes off at 6, I start with about four or five shots, I would say, of vodka, and I drive to work, I do my job, and when I get home from work, that's when I really hit the bottle hard. It's... I'm drinking real hard. I'll drink a bottle before bed.
0: A bottle of vodka?
1: Of vodka, yeah. yeah. And an
0: entire, like, you know, like, but like I don't know, big two-liter bottle? A liter bottle,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. No problem. I worry
0: yep. about you. The first thing that I'm going to say is I don't know, I, I don't know you well, but I, I worry about you. Do you worry about you, too?
1: I don't worry about me. Why don't you worry
0: um, about you? I worry about you because that is a little bit a lot different than a lot of the people that we've talked to before you hide it well people don't know that you have this issue I'm gonna guess yeah. that you don't do you live with just your dog
1: I do yes
0: so people don't see and you're able to hide does anybody know about the issue that you have
1: well that's what's kind of interesting about me is I have sort of like two people in my life I have the like two sets of people I've got the people who know me as an alcoholic as air well as me who goes to aa and celebrates like one month sober birthdays two months sober birthdays whatever so those people and my parents my family they think that i don't drink at all at all so yep at all And then there is the other side of my life who don't know that I'm an alcoholic and they just see me drink when I'm like out with them. If we're just going out for dinner or something, they don't know that my water bottle is actually filled with vodka.
0: When I say, when I say I worry about you, you understand why I, I worry about you. I don't know you, but no, as, but as a completely human being, understand. I
1: understand.
0: I know you're not looking for sympathy and that's not why you're here, but right, right. I, I will, before I sign off with you, I'm, I'm never going to lecture you. I'm never going to preach at you because that is not, I'm no kind of an expert. I'm just a human being, but I will give you the email address of Jessica who was on our show a month or two ago. And I hope that Mm -hmm. maybe you will write to her and and confess these things. So when you go to AA, everybody thinks, oh, my gosh, you know, Charlotte's done great. And she hasn't uh, drank in two months or three months or whatever. So everybody at AA thinks you're doing well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I have gone when I was sober before. And then when I show up after I had been drinking the next week, they – noticed the difference and they preferred me drinking. They were oh, saying gosh. like, you're so much more talkative. Obviously they didn't know that I was drinking, but they just said that you were more open and you talked a lot more. And, um, they just thought that I was getting comfortable. How
0: much have you had <sighs> to drink right now? As we record this, it's about one 30 on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> And you've been so honest, and I just um, appreciate and admire your honesty. And, and I think that in a way, your honesty is is almost like, I don't want to say a, a a call for help, but maybe it is. I don't want to analyze that. How much have you had to drink today?
1: Today, I've only had about two shots because I do have to work tomorrow, and I am trying to work as sober as I can.
0: How did this start Charlotte? I mean, none of us, you know, started to drink when we were 18 years old or 28 years old or whatever by drinking that large of an amount, how did this start and build for you? And what was there a cause? Was there a, a something really difficult that you went through?
1: Yeah. So I think that a lot of people, it starts with mental illness. No one's talking about it, but I think that I was very depressed And I knew from a young age, I knew before I took my first sip of alcohol that I was an alcoholic.
0: You knew before. How did you know?
1: I knew that I wanted it more than my friends. I knew that I wanted that escape.
0: More than your friends?
1: More than my friends, correct. Yes. So I have always known that this was a problem, but when I was underage it was a lot harder to get access to alcohol you know yeah and as an older woman i i can go out and buy it myself and with when i gained that ability it really took a turn because then i didn't have to rely on someone else to buy me my my fix then I could just do it myself. But I knew from the time that I was probably 13, 14 before I ever drank that I was not alcoholic. I knew it.
0: I've never heard that before. That's so interesting. How does it affect your life? I mean, obviously it's, you know, there's the, the, all the, uh, the health issues and that type of thing and, and, um, the, right. the inconvenience and the cost and that type of thing, but how does it affect your life?
1: It's affected my life in that I, I've i lost several jobs because of it. Um, my drinking was never cited because I lost my job, it was just my performance. Okay. And I, my performance was because I, you know, physically and like emotionally, I just could not do the job. But that, and I also, I have found that it's affected pretty much every relationship in my personal life.
0: Do you find yourself avoiding relationships for fear of them making you stop or saying, hey, Charlotte, you need to cut down? I don't know if you're in a romantic relationship now, but if you're not, is it anything to do with your drinking?
1: Oh, 100%. Okay. Okay. And it's not for fear of them saying I have to cut down. It's for fear of them finding out because there's so much shame around drinking because like you can drink just fine. My parents can drink just fine. My siblings fine. But when it comes to me, like I can't have, I can't even like smell alcohol without wanting to get like blitzed. So it's just a matter of them finding out and having to say, I'm so sorry, but we can't ever do this one thing that everyone else in the world seems to be able to do without, you know, any issue.
0: When you mentioned shame, I think that's one of the things that's kind of been a constant through this series of podcasts is that we don't let people know that we might have an issue because it's a little bit it's it's anywhere from embarrassing on one end of the spectrum to regretful to shameful Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's what a lot of people you know everybody from kelly who was on the podcast to big jess who was on the podcast you know they were they hot they hit it because they didn't they felt one of those one of those emotions shame or re you know uh, um, uh, uh, embarrassment or whatever
1: right what
0: has let you continue i mean a lot of people get to a point and again no judging here but none at all i mean seriously i, I talk talked to you as a human and uh, almost a friend because we've met a couple of times through the radio right and, yeah. uh, and and i'm sure you're very likable and you're admirable because you're you know professional and you have a life etc is there anything that's made you say my gosh charlotte i really want to stop apparently it's not been motivating enough but is there anything mm-hmm. that said I want to stop that's make you say I want to stop?
1: Um there has been I have a little one in my life. Uh she's 15 now and um she mentioned my drinking at her birthday. Recently. Last year. L- okay, last well, year. Well last year, yeah. So she just mentioned it and I thought I had been hiding it well enough that she didn't know. And she brought up, um, my grandma's funeral. We had a celebration of life and my grandma's favorite drink was a Manhattan. So I had just a ton of them. My word I probably had like 15 Manhattans, Mm. and she just noticed that I had gone a little bit harder than everyone else. And that to me said, what kind of example would I be setting if I was a mom? Because I'm not a mother.
0: Okay, so you're not a mom, but you have somebody in your life That is really important to you, whether it's a cousin or a niece or whatever.
1: Yes. Okay. She's my baby. And just to like see that from her, which is the only reason, like you were asking earlier, how much I drank today. The only reason that I even tapered down for my work week is because of her, because she said, you're probably doing too much. And um, I wanna be able to keep my job. I wanna be able to support her and her brother and my other family members and stuff. So it's definitely the little ones who don't realize the impact that they're making that really just, they stick with me.
0: I think that in the few cases that I know of somebody that I know that drank a lot, uh that kids notice i think that kids notice
1: mm-hmm. even when oh, we think absolutely. we're fooling
0: them um uh, you know if if you think oh well they're at you know school or they're at a meeting or they're at a friends and i'm going to have a couple of glasses of wine or three or six before they get home and they won't notice when i get home but they do
1: they 100 percent do yeah absolutely
0: You didn't deal with this when you were a kid. When you were eight or nine, your parents didn't drink. You weren't really exposed to this. So you are kind of, you could say, genetically predisposed to be an alcoholic. No. No? Okay.
1: It was never in the household. My parents, my mom jokes that if she smells a cork of wine, she gets a hangover. Hmm. My dad can have one like bottle of beer one can of beer and then he's fine i did not see that growing up at all which is also what adds to that shame part of it because i never should have been this way
0: you know, and that's that's interesting. Not knowing enough about it, but there is no shame with something that you se- seemingly couldn't help. It's kind of like in the same way that some people are like, "Hey, I was born gay, or I was born bi, or I was uh, right. you know born this gender, <laughs> and I want to be this gender." I think that there's certain things that you were so predisposed to that you you can't take the blame for it. You know, and I think a lot of people who drink too much really, honestly, we might get really pissed at them, and we might really mm-hmm. hate them when they're drunk. And it bugs the piss out of us. But in a lot of ways, they can't help it. And I've dealt yeah. with people who I said, listen, I am not judging you. I am just not happy with when I see this with this frequency. Yeah. Okay. What, what do, do you plan on, Charlotte... Just Mm -hmm. keep going as you're going or do you have a plan like everybody wants to start their diet on Monday or everybody wants to start their diet (laughs) after they get back from vacation because you're sure not going to start your diet on vacation. You're not going to stop drinking on the weekend. Do you have, I know you don't have necessarily a plan, but you don't plan on doing this forever.
1: Oh, God, no, because then my forever would end in a year.
0: Do you worry about it? Do you worry about the health concerns? I mean, do you worry about, you know, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but I'm going to guess you're probably in your 30s, maybe?
1: Very early 30s. Yes. (laughs) And this has been
0: going on for a long time. uh, Since I was
1: 15. Since you were 15.
0: And uh, you worry about your health, of course.
1: Yes. Does it affect your health? Does
0: it affect anything from like. It
1: definitely does. How so? Yeah. Um, when COVID first started, I decided to quit drinking, which great, perfect. Um, but when I quit drinking, I was having withdrawal symptoms that were very similar to that of COVID. So I went to go get a COVID test and when I went in, they said, the ambulance will be here to take you to the hospital in 5 minutes. And Why? I said I'm not going through the ambulance. Like this is crazy. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, it turns out that when you are an alcoholic and you're not eating, you your electrolytes get really messed up and that is apparently very dangerous. So, I went to the hospital and I went to the ICU, I was there for a couple days, I was at the hospital for I think seven days that time and then um, I ended up having to go back to the hospital and my doctor told me if you come in again I'm going to have to commit you. You clearly cannot take care of yourself. so. I, she was like, if you don't leave the hospital right now and go to treatment, then you're not going home. So I went to treatment and then I went home and I went right back into exactly what had gotten me there.
0: Immediately. I mean, you know, when, immediately. Imme- so when you got out of treatment, you got in your car, you drove home and you popped open a bottle of vodka. Exactly. How yep. long were you in treatment? Six weeks. Six weeks. The -hmm. entire time you were in treatment, you were either not taking it seriously or you were trying or how did that go?
1: Not taking it seriously. I knew that I wasn't ready to quit.
0: Am I the only one that you've told your story (laughs) to this honestly?
1: I have one friend that knows Ashton. He knows everything. Um, What does he say to you? He loves and supports me, but he would like me to get sober.
0: And you want to, but you don't want to stop drinking. Is that a fair statement? You want to get sober, you want to be healthy, but
1: you're a fair statement.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people who drink say, oh, I want to cut back because I know it's a problem, but I don't want to quit altogether because I love it. And I think, you know, we, we, a lot of people who drink, they do, they do love it.
1: Right. And I don't think cutting back is an option for me because it's all going to lead back to the same place. It's all going to lead back to where I am right now.
0: Everybody who says I'm going to cut back to only on the weekends. I first saw this in the office with the woman who on the I can't remember the redhead on the office who drank. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna Meredith. Cut back. Meredith, my gosh, very good. And she said, I'm going to cut back to just weekends. And then I think they caught her drinking the hand sanitizer. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, cutting back. Is- I'm
1: not there yet.
0: <laughs> no, you're not there yet. Um, but I,
1: I would get there. I'm sure if I continue on.
0: What's next for you? What's next? I mean, you know, and 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 again, no judging. I'm I'm not. There was a there no, was a no. woman there was a woman on the podcast a couple of months ago, or a week, whatever, a month ago, and she said I've been drinking every day, and I said I'm going to challenge you to not drink tonight. I'm not going to do that to you because you are you are different. You're Charlotte. What is next mm-hmm. for you, though? I mean, is this week just going to be a, another week for you, and then another month for you?
1: Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, I guess I don't have a long-term plan right now. My plan is to just not drink during the week so I can get to work and I can function. And then Friday night, I'm just going to hit the bottle hard.
0: My gosh. You know what worries me? The, again, the word "worry" comes up when you said you. Okay, wake- Dad. Yeah, I know. Well, I love you. I don't know you, but I, <laughs> I love you as a human. Uh, when you said you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to drink or you'll get the shakes, and yep. I don't know much about that, but I know that you know with alcohol withdrawals can be very serious. I mean, very dangerous, right?
1: And I have had withdrawal seizures before. I had, I've had a few. Here in Minnesota. And then I've had, I had one in California. And unfortunately, my little ones did have to see that.
0: Which is, that's where the shame and the embarrassment comes in.
1: Yes. I mean, because at, at one, it felt group. like I could have prevented it. And it was just, I had done that to myself.
0: You know, it's interesting, Charlotte, as we talk, I, I don't want to try to like step into the the counselor role because I'm not that <laughs> at all. And I know that's not what you want to be. You want to share your story. Why did you want to share your story today?
1: I wanted to share my story because there are so many people out there like me and I want them to know that they're not alone. It When you are this far gone, if you will, it 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 feels very isolating. And it just leads to further drinking because I'm alone, no one cares about me, you know, X, Y, Z. But I want people to know that they're not alone, that there are those of us who are also out there just barely making it by.
0: So in a way, you understand how it perpetuates itself Oh, absolutely! You talk more about that for a minute about how it perpetuates itself. You drink, you stay away from people, you feel lonely, so you drink more.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm drinking because my heart hurts that I'm so alone. But then, I can't drive to the like to TGI Fridays to meet new people because I am aware that I'm so drunk that if I did, I would be at risk of a DWI. So even though I'm on meetup and I am a member of all of these groups, I can't actually go out there because I would rather just sit at home and drink by myself.
0: I, (laughs) I, I love you. Seriously. I, you know what? I think there's so many people in the world who are lonely and i get very lonely sometimes and i handle it in different ways and i get frustrated because my wife's at work all the time um but i think that lonely people need to realize that we are absolutely capable of being loved we just need to give somebody a chance but i sound now i sound like i'm oprah or dr phil and i don't want to i don't want to do that this is what i'm going to do i'm going to give you the email and I, I'm not going to encourage you to not drink. That's not what I'm going to do. But I'm going to give you the email, along with anybody who's listening, to Jessica, who offered her services for free to at least get somebody started in the right direction. And she's a pro. Her name is Jessica.Alvarez.
1: J-E-S-S-I-C-A. Uh-huh.
0: Dot A-L-V-A-R-E-Z-L-A-D-C at gmail.com. And I think that if you, this is what I would tell you to do. I mean, I can't tell you to do shit, so you do what you want to do. You're a big girl. I would suggest because what I really want to do is want to come over and I want to like you know like sit and talk to you and I want to take you out for a cheeseburger and I want to take you out. (laughs) Oh no! But I'm not going to do that because that's weird, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, But I but I want to. But what I but what I will do instead is tell you you should write to Jessica and say, hey, I was on Dave's podcast. Take a listen. I would love to know what you would say to me. Because Jessica, out of the kindness of her heart, she's not getting paid to do these little extra sessions. Um, write to her. Will you write to her?
1: I I can give you my word. I'll write to her. Okay,
0: please. Please do. And I would say the longer you procrastinate it, the, lo- the, the less chance no, that you'll No, I'm going to do, do, do it
1: right now before I go to the grocery store. Write,
0: write 15 words to her or 20 words and boom, hit send, and that's it. And then Jessica, I'm. I'm. she may be listening, but she'll definitely check her email. And I'll email her, too, and let her know, hey, this wonderful person, Charlotte, is going to write to you. Charlotte, mm-hmm. I kind of want to check up on you in a couple of weeks. Do you mind if I okay. call you again to see how you're doing?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Give me a call. Okay.
0: Hey, thanks so much for sharing your story, Charlotte. I appreciate yes. it, and so do so many people who are listening.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Hey I did want to mention that um, most of the time this old this the podcast the older versions are about my book uh, called take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything all about life lessons like stop at kids lemonade stands because it makes their day or send thank you notes or make sure you thank your parents for what they've done for you because one day your parents will be gone and you'll wish that you would have said mom thanks for all those gir- those uh, years that you uh, were a girl scout leader or dad thanks for all those years that you took us camping and one day they'll be gone and you won't get to thank them so do that even if your parents are only 43 years old Thank them because if you do, you will never regret it. Even if they were assholes, sometimes uh, that's something that's in my book. But this last couple of months on the podcast, we've been focusing on drinking, and we didn't mean for it to take this turn uh, for this long. But I think when you hear a story like Charlotte's, uh, it really does kind of hit you and uh, and make you think, "Wow, I don't. I want to be careful that I." don't get to a point where I need to drink that much. And Charlotte, if you're listening, you know what? We all love you. And I, was, I said it before, I said it again. You're funny and you're delightful and you don't need to be drunk to be funny and delightful. I think a lot of people are much more funny and delightful than they realize. Let that sink in for a minute. You are more funny and delightful than you realize. And a lot of people think I'm boring. And a lot of people think, I'm not entertaining. I can't tell a joke. I'm quiet at parties. You know what? Sometimes your beauty is in your quiet. I know several people in my life who are quiet but they're, they're beautiful thinkers. And when they talk, you actually listen because they don't talk constantly. So you don't have to be the life of the party to be loved by the party. Shit, that was profound, Dave. You don't have to be the life of the party to be loved by the party. I'm going to stop right there because I'm not going to get any better than that. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. See you later. Okay. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's on every week. We'd love to have you on or your thoughts. Or maybe you're like, you know what, Dave? I want to talk about this that has nothing to do with alcohol or drinking. Uh, We'd love to get you on. I mean, I think I would. It depends on what you want to talk about. So send that email to Ryan at KDWB.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.